and welcome to the Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Sunday evening, end of July, the off season. But we're all back stateside. Joining us in New York City is Tim Bonzeps. Hello there, everybody. Tim's Tim's is having the off season, McMahon. He is in the off season mode. That's all I'm going to say. Joining <laughs> us from Dallas, Texas, who um, celebrated his first anniversary this weekend, and I also think you're in the off season mode there. And happy anniversary, Band McMahon. Howdy, partners. I'll pass that on to the uh, IT department. By the way, I I got three stories running this weekend. I'm going to Vegas for Team USA. So I'm not, I don't know if that's the same offseason right. feel easy. that you are. Take, take Just it saying. Easy. You can get Just some offseason activities in Vegas if you so choose. I, I certainly could. <laughs> I certainly could if I chose. Yeah. Okay. So we've had a slowdown in NBA transactions, but there's stuff starting to to get moving. One of the things we got to keep an eye on here is this is from now until the start of training camp is really extension season. There are a bunch of players who are eligible for extensions. Not all of them are eligible at this moment. Some other eligibility deadlines roll out over the next two months. That has to do with when they signed their last contracts. And we're still climbing out of that weird two COVID seasons where some of the dates were altered about when their last contracts were signed, they were like translated to the regular calendar. So they kind of come at weird times. Um, so not everybody that we're going to talk about is extension eligible this second, but uh, they are going to be extension eligible before the start of the season and into the season in some cases. And this has become the norm now. Star free agency has become extremely rare. The LeBron James, Kevin Durant, unrestricted free agents moving. It has now become an era where the stars take their money that has been built into the CBA to try to keep them from leaving. And then it just demand trades. So that's basically what happens. Just how everybody wanted it to, right? Well, that it is sort of actually what the system intended it to be. I mean, the reason this is all happening is because Kevin Durant left the thunder without them getting anything for him because they were not in a position to give him, they couldn't get an answer on whether he would stay there long-term or not before July of 2016, because of the way the rules are set up. Now, the way the rules are set up, you have the ability to say, Hey, you can either get as much money or more money early to stay. And then if you don't take it, it's an indication of where your mindset is at. And then a team has a choice to say, all right, like, do we roll the dice and see if we can keep this guy or do we turn around and move him for a whole bunch of stuff? So it, that it is sort of well, but then it, 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 how it was designed it, to be. If you do take it and you turn around a year later or two years later and say, hey, I know I'm locked up long term, but get me the hell out of here. And we yep. go to one place. That's not the way it was intended. but. This conversation was not intended to, uh, you know, weigh the pros and cons of the CBA ramifications. Wendy, take the take that's the, right. <laughs> take the wheel back. That's away. right. So let's let's discuss uh, some of the guys who have contract extension situations coming up. It goes without saying that if you're a star player, you your team does not want you to get to unrestricted free agency, even if they're not crazy about keeping you. Mm they don't want you to get to unrestricted free agency because then they lose leverage and lose control. So some of these guys have one year left on their contracts. That's where there's a little bit more urgency. Some of the guys have two years left on their contracts, but still teams may want to lock them up. So the first one we're going to talk about is Anthony Davis. 
Anthony Davis um, is extension eligible starting this week, August 4th. Friday. Friday. He has technically two years left on his contract, but the last year of it is a player option. So he can be he can be a free agent next next summer. The Lakers can sign him. Let me get the number. All this stuff is uh, courtesy of Bobby Marks, whose information is solid gold. Why why you're pulling this up? He doesn't actually have a player option in a weird quirk. He has this thing, again, to go back to sort of a technical CBA thing. He has this thing called an early termination option. And you might say, well, what's the difference with that? Well, the difference is if he opts out of that ETO, he can't extend his contract. So to do an extension, he has to opt into that deal and then extend for three years off of that, as opposed to what a lot of these guys could do in theory, which is opt out and then extend. It's a weird contract that way because most of these contracts I don't think have, you have player that quite options. Right. I don't think you have that no, quite I, right. I checked with Bobby before we started. Okay. Well, uh, early termination option means that your contract is a full length and you can kill the last year of the deal. A player option means that your deal ends and you can opt in to the last year. Well, yes, but I'm saying the diff- that you can't opt, you can't exercise an ETO and then extend. You have to, you have to take the D, take the year, is what I mean. Well, the player right, option, but, he could get a raise in the last year, is my point. Yes, that's correct. But and he could you, extend you, earlier. You, you, you change, you, you fooled me with the terminology because ETO, when you, if you say nothing, your contract keeps going. If you, if you, you can only opt out, you can't opt in. Right. So, all right, forget about all that. That's, t- <laughs> this hopefully you just fast forward mcmahon was like whatever fine. all right anyway here's the point well, it, starting it, starting on friday the lakers can give him three years and 170 million dollars more in his contract which would put him under contract for a total of five years the two he's got left and three more um taking him basically to the to the edge if, of his prime if not past it the complicating factor here is that LeBron James has one year left on his contract. And by the way, at this moment, I just want to send as good a wishes. I, I know this has been said a thousand times as good a wishes as possible to the James family after what happened with Bronny. That situation absolutely just shook me. We know that this is, this happens to basketball players. We've seen it. It's been tragic. It's been, it's been, uh, a fork in the road for some guys. It's been only a small part of some guys' careers. It's ended some guys' careers. I don't know what's going to happen with Bronny. I just know that when I got the statement sent to me by text, I hadn't heard about it. It hit me. You know, I got the statement sent to me. And when I read the statement, I was absolutely frozen at those words. So, um, I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, I've... I don't know Bronny personally, but I mean, obviously I saw him when he was a toddler. I have watched him um, grow up. I mean, that was a blow. And obviously I'm just an ancillary factor here. So I wish LeBron, Savannah and Bronny and the rest of the family nothing but the best. So, but anyway, LeBron has one year left on his contract. He can opt in for another year after that. But as you're the Lakers, you have to do some succession planning to a degree you're obviously trying to win this year um but you've got to watch what you're doing and um you know uh to me i think you absolutely extend anthony davis but it may not be a no-brainer on pimps well i mean there's a couple things here i mean the reason again to go back to this eto thing the reason this thing matters is he's currently on a 30 percent max so if he's extending he's extending off of a 30 percent max 
as opposed to getting a 35% max, which as long as he's been in the league, he has the ability to have next year as a free agent. So he can't get a full extension to the numbers he would want off of the current deal that he's got. So I do wonder if the Anthony Davis camp decides, hey, it's better for us to wait until next summer, get to free agency, and then sign a five-year deal at the full 35% max, which would be, I mean, a very, very large number. I don't know the exact number. It'd probably be somewhere be in the neighborhood of the Jalen Brown. Brown numbers, yeah. which is a five-year deal north of $300 million. So that that is part of the reason why this thing does matter from a option standpoint, because they can't do that. And he, he would have to have these two years on his deal and then sign up for three more. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm the Lakers, given how much they have struggled in the past, I mean, it's easy to forget now because they have LeBron and AD, but how many years did we spend with the Lakers striking out on one star player after another uh, in free agency? You know, the, the from Marcus Aldridge to all these other guys who, you know, they were going to sign and they tried to sign and then they didn't sign. I, I think it'd be hard for them to walk away from AD or not want to extend him at that number. I think the more interesting question there is if they offer him that three-year extension, is AD willing to take it? Because yeah. he could be leaving a lot of money on the table next summer if he does. Well, and you'd be extending him for his age 32, 33, 34 seasons. So optimistically, tail end of his prime, probably the start of the, you know, the start of a decline. Although, I mean, obviously there's a teammate of his who's uh evidence that, you know, you don't necessarily need to start declining in your early to mid thirties, but I would be motivated by the Lakers to get it done now because 35% for Anthony Davis for those years with all his durability issues, that would be terrifying. Let me, yeah. let me, uh, let me ballpark the numbers here. If he signs um, an extension this year, his contract will be five years in the neighborhood of 255 million left, yep. including this year. So it'll be this year plus four. So then if he were to opt out, he would be able to sign a new deal for five and 300 and something uh, for next year plus four. So it'd be, it would be an extra year. It's not quite apples to apples, uh, but that is an extra year and an extra, you know, $50 million, 50 to $60 million. When he'd so, be 35 on that extra year. Right. But I will point something else out. The last time Anthony Davis had a chance to do a contract, um, after he was traded the Lakers, you know, he had one year left on his deal uh, after being traded from New Orleans. He became a free agent. He did not extend. At that time, he had, um, I believe it was eight or no, I guess it was maybe, he, he could have signed a one plus one. He could have taken a one-year contract plus an option and the next year signed and gotten the 10-year mm-hmm. max number. He could have, um, he, he had extended if he'd done a one plus one, he could have gotten more money if he had just waited. And instead he did a full five-year deal, but was fully guaranteed. And I do think that his injury history played a factor in that decision. Uh, if you remember, if you're a Lakers fan, you may remember that that summer AD took some period of days before he agreed to that extension. He, you know, he was sitting there as an unrestricted free agent. There was no real doubt that he was going to resign. He had, had a great uh, beginning with the Lakers, obviously um, winning the title. Um, and, but 
he thought about how he was going to structure his contract. And ultimately he took the protection of the money in the years over rolling the dice a little bit to get a little bit more, you know, more money down the road. So just keep, I don't know what he'll do in this time, but just know that his actions have already been take what's guaranteed there. Um, And so for that reason, I I think that there's, you know, if the Lakers will offer this, um, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he may seriously consider taking it, even though you're right, Mr. Bontemps, that he can't get more money by waiting a year. I also think that, while he has been injury prone, I don't think it's ever going to change. I think he's going to be injury prone going forward. I don't see his game eroding with age, unless you guys disagree with me. I think he's going to have the same talents as he goes forward. I would say his playoff run, he was inconsistent offensively, but he was a dominant defensive presence. I mean, there is definitely absolutely zero indication that he'd lost you know, even a smidgen of a step uh, defense. You know, the guy averaged 14 uh, rebounds over three blocks per game in the playoffs. You know, you can you can quibble with his offensive consistency, but I, I don't see a guy who his game is in decline. Well, the issue, I think that the concern from a decline standpoint is that his body just breaks down, right? right. I mean, that's the that's the concern. I mean, his conditioning is wasn't exceptional this last year. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's to me, it's the, that's really the issue. It's that if you look at, um, if you look at him from that standpoint, with all the injuries he's had, you know, is he gonna is he gonna wear down um, from that standpoint over the next few years? But again, I, I think I think for where the Lakers are at, I think it makes sense for them to extend him and have a guy there because as we've seen, you need to have a star to get other stars to come there and. Whether yeah. LeBron is still there or not, if you have Anthony Davis there in the paint, you know that gives you a guy to say, "Hey, come play with AD on the Lakers," and then you can, you know, we've got Austin Reeves, we've got these other guys, like come, come play with him there instead of having to start over, you know, instead of starting over with, oh, we got to go find a couple of guys um, and start over that way. So I think it makes sense for the Lakers, and uh, you know, I've just Bobby Marks has done all this cap stuff for us, like. If if he if he extends off this current deal, you're talking about a salary right now that's around 30% of the cap with the cap going up probably right. 10% every year. That it's not going to be a cheap extension down the road, but I think everybody needs to start thinking more about this from a percentage of the cap standpoint instead of a dollar standpoint. Because all the dollars are going to be crazy. And if he like McMahon said before, to me, the scarier thing for the Lakers is if they get to next summer. Because to me, if I'm AD, I have kind of the Lakers over a barrel for all yeah. these reasons we've talked about. And because they have this ETO and they can't extend normally, I'm waiting till next summer. I'm opting out of the deal saying, Hey, give me my five years. Sign me up with a sal- you know, with a contract that would start next season at $49 million instead of the 43 he's owed currently. And again, we're talking about a deal that's way over $300 million at that well, point. And that, that pays him through 35. Through an extra year. Right. So that's why if I'm the Lakers and I could get him through his age 34 season now, like to me, I'm, I'm, if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm driving over to the clutch offices on, or wherever they're, they'd have a meeting on Friday. And I'd have that extension. I'd sit down like AD want to have you here the next five years. Let's lock this in. Cause the back end of that could be a little rough, but it's a lot better to me than signing him up at a much higher number. And, a, and a, like McMahon said, 
you're talking about paying him $70 million when he's 35, whatever the number would be. Like I would, I'd rather get away from doing that. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting for sure. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. I, I feel, I, I don't know. There's no time crunch on that. He doesn't have to make a decision by August 5th or anything. But um, I do think there is an expectation that Lakers do make some sort of offer uh, this week, or at least in, show their intention to make such an offer. Um, all right. The other big sort of really big name this off season. Well, there's a couple with the Clippers. We'll talk about in a second. Jan, I just want to go over Giannis's um, situation. Giannis can't extend his contract until September 22nd. So it's not something that's pressing now. I do think it'll be a topic uh, when he comes and reports uh, for, for training camp. Assuming he hasn't signed already. He could have signed. That's true. Um, he, he, I saw some footage of him at his, uh, at a camp he was doing this last week. He had that knee wrapped up and he wasn't, you know, hopping around like normal. So we'll see where that knee procedure has him as well as a side note. Um, hasn't officially been ruled out of playing for Greece in the world cup. But uh, I mean, again, if you saw that footage, there's no way he's, I don't right. think there's any way he's playing. Um, so he is eligible. Now he has the inverse contract that Bon Temps was talking about. He has a player option, not an ETO. Um, so he can, his contract uh, has two years left on it, but he has an opt out that he can execute. He can extend for three years and 170 million, just like AD. We've talked about this a little bit. We'll talk about it more. If Giannis doesn't extend, I don't necessarily think it's a red alarm. You know, the, the, the challenge that the Bucks are in is that their primary supporting cast are all in their 30s and Giannis is in his 20s. His time frame and their time frame are not matched. The Bucks are going to have a significant challenge at some point turning this roster over and matching Giannis because they've exhausted so much of their, um, you know, opportunity to, to build up players with keeping the team around Giannis. Having said that, that's championship level team today and um, for the foreseeable future, for the short-term future, at least. So I don't think it's something that anybody should lose sleep over. I think after they re-sign Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, it gives them encouragement to go to Giannis with an offer to see where he's at on it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did sign it. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't sign it. I'm not going to overreact either direction right now, Bontemps. I'd be pretty surprised if he signed it, if only because we've seen how he's handled this in the past, which is to sort of make sure that there's maximum leverage on Milwaukee to do the things he wants to do. And because, you know, another guy that they have to worry about trying to get extended, Drew Holiday, is going to be sitting out there um, until the end of the regular season because he can't extend until, I think, late February, February 22nd. Um, so even after the trade deadline um, on his contract, it puts them in a situation where, you know, Giannis, I think, if he doesn't extend now, you get to the offseason, you see what happens with Drew Holiday. Then you assess the situation in Milwaukee. You decide if you want to add, add some extra years to your contract or not. If you go back to when you ought to sign the Supermax, when did he sign it? Like we've talked about many times mm -hmm. after they made the Drew Holiday trade. It was like, okay, these guys stepped up and did what I wanted them to do. They got Drew Holiday in here to go with Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. Now I'm going to sign the Supermax. So I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a, it's a 
sign that Giannis is definitely leaving if he doesn't sign it this fall. But I would be pretty surprised if he did sign it for that same reason. I think he's going to wait until next summer. He's got one year left on his deal. That's the situation in Milwaukee and then decide what he wants to do as opposed to doing it now. Yeah, and and the thing with Giannis is he has pretty consistently left the door cracked as far as, uh, you know, at some point maybe exploring taking his career somewhere else. You know, he has not necessarily been, a, uh, you know, you haven't heard 10 toes down to use a Dame term. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> well, you know, if he said that, that, you'd really have to get worried if he said that. Yeah, yeah, right. But but that doesn't necessarily it's it's funny though, because in today's NBA, signing an extension doesn't necessarily mean you're committed to staying somewhere either. Like obviously, uh we we've seen that. I don't know. I don't know if, like you said, I don't know when or if we'll see another superstar of that caliber become a free agent. Kawhi might be the last one in a long, long time. I do I'm think the one thing that well, I, I also do think the one thing that we have to remember with this stuff is because we've been in this flat cap environment and the, the money didn't change for so long, I do think we have to wait a few years and see if this starts to shift as the numbers start to skyrocket year after year money-wise, right? Like free agency hasn't really existed because there's just been this log jam of contracts. But now the salary cap is probably going to exceed the rate that these contracts go from a raise standpoint. Over the next several years, there's going to be a lot more salary cap space. There's going to be a lot more teams trying to do stuff. And I think that could end up leading to us getting back that direction again. But certainly the way it's been, yeah, I mean, other than Kawhi, I'm trying to think, has there been anybody since Kawhi of that caliber that's even gotten a free agency? Really? Jalen Brunson was the best of that class. Uh, off the top of my head, who? who he certainly most- shouldn't have. <laughs> Talk about a guy should have been extended. Right. Who's the most impactful player, the biggest name that, that went and Unrestricted free agency this year, Fred Van Vliet. I would think so. Yeah, they yeah. changed yeah, for teams. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the thing about it is, so like what what Bontemps is talking about, um, because of COVID, uh, the cap was actually it actually would have fallen. They artificially kept it up um, because of the revenue situation, and they just had to dig their way through that. Now the league is making good money again. This year it went up um, to avoid. What happened in 2016, where the cap jumped very high, the new collective bargaining agreement that just took effect limits the amount that the salary cap can increase per year, and it's capped at 10%. And the first year of this new rule, it jumped 10%. And especially with new television money coming in a couple of years, they'll have to spread that in over several years. It'll jump. 10 people are forecasting that it's going to jump 10% for a number of years in a row. So when you think about potentially the cap jumping 30 to 40% over four years, I mean, that's a humongous uh, increase. It's going to be over in, 200 million by the end of the decade. That's the kind right. of, that's the kind of jumps we're talking about. Yeah. We're, we, you mentioned earlier, we're going to start to see, we, we haven't seen a player make $60 million yet. But there are there are contracts on the books that breach sixty million. Mm-hmm. In the in the foreseeable future, we're going to see contracts for over seventy million dollars. Not necessarily where the guys will be making it, but where like if guys sign 
uh, these one some of these extensions either during this year or next summer, you're going to see the back end of those deals creep over 70 million. Look, by the yeah. by the time these young players right now, Anthony Edwards, who just signed his extension, you know, Luca's in the middle of his extension. I, these guys could be making a hundred million dollars a year by the time those guys are done playing because the way these numbers are going, it's going to go that's right, super duper high, right? Especially since it's turning into a league where it's sort of have and have nots. There's there, there's a a golf opening up between players, but that's a bigger time. And have not as much because (laughs) those minimum deals, they ain't have nots. Yeah. Yeah. The minimum deals are now over $3 million. If you're a veteran, you know, like we can, we can put our violins down. (laughs) More hoop collective podcast after this. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can both extend um, for four seasons and $224 million. Uh, Kawhi can extend now. Paul has to wait until September 1st to extend. I don't think there's any chance that those guys get four-year extensions. Um, They both can be free agents after next season because they have player options. There's no chance that they're getting extended four years. I would be stunned if they get extended four years. That doesn't mean that they can't get extended, though and that the Clippers won't make an offer, maybe even a multi-year offer. Um, and this is one of the big questions, I think, for this upcoming season that hasn't been answered yet. What are the Clippers going to do with PG and Kawhi? And McMahon, I think, obviously, health plays a huge factor here, but also leverage. Typically, mm-hmm. a player is a star player has the leverage because he's like, well, listen, if you don't sign me, I'm going to be an unrestricted free agent. I'm going to walk. There's certainly interest in these guys, but I don't know how much there's a belief that these guys would leave Los Angeles. Well, uh, yeah, there there's that. And, and like, also it would be, I'd be curious to see exactly how much interest there would be. Obviously we're talking about all NBA talent you know, with Kawhi multi-times finals MVP, but like, I just, there's teams that aren't going to be really excited about signing up for, Hey, you play when you want to play. And it's not just a game to game type situation, but like it's a half to half kind of situation. And I think the Clippers lean so much into obviously, you know, open up this potential championship window when you get a Kawhi Leonard in free agency and a, and a Paul George and kind of as part of that free agency, you're going to, you know, those guys will have control of the franchise. And you kind of get a sense that they're trying to figure out, hey, 
what's the right mix here between us actually being able to run our team um, and, you know, and having those guys be the, the star players and the, the deal hasn't produced what the Clippers were anticipating. That's for sure. I don't know. This one's tough. That, and the other factor is um, the Clippers are opening up a new arena. That is uh, there's another, then there's the other, other factor, which is James Harden. Yeah. Um, and if they are able to execute that type of trade, um, number one, do they extend Harden? They Actually, can't, can't extend be extended. Can't extend. You're right. right. Number one, do they wait and see how that group looks together? Number two, is that something that you know acquiring Harden changes the calculus? I don't know. I just know there's a lot of unanswered questions with the Clippers right now. Yeah. Well, and you've got you've also got the factor of the team across the hall, at least for now, as a certain guy who could be going elsewhere next year. Obviously, like you said earlier, we'll see what happens with Bronny. Hopefully, he is back playing very soon and feeling good, but certainly that, you know, LeBron has the ability to be a free agent. His son could be in the league. There's plenty of talk about that. Maybe LeBron retires. I mean, who knows, but if he, if he's not on the Lakers next year, all of a sudden they've got a max salary slot across the hall and either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard wouldn't have to leave LA and could still play there. And certainly the Clippers don't want to go into a new arena losing players yeah. to the team across uh, the hall i mean there's just i think the, there's I, a I lot think the clippers of, are incentivized to sign them i just don't think they're incentivized to sign them for four years right and well, then and- the other thing though is the clippers not only are they opening up a new arena you know not only are they wanting to uh remain competitive i'm not going to say contenders because they haven't earned that that was anointed on them and they haven't earned it but dude they still owe you know this year's not relevant in this conversation, but uh, they owe this pick to OKC. 2025 is a swap, and they owe 2026. So they've yep. still got a lot of paying up to do uh, for the original, you know, kind of related deals that that brought in Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to sort out there. And like, do they wait? Do they wait and see if guys like Drew Holiday and Pascal Siakam and some of these other guys who can extend are free agents next summer? Do they go try to get some of those guys? You know, like there's they're not going to have control over that because obviously it's going to be Kawhi and Paul George's options whether they opt in or out. Well, true, but you would think if they're not extended, I think you would have to assume that they will both opt out. Now, maybe they won't, but assuming health, they're probably going to opt out. So. I think that would be my operating. That would be my, if I'm not going to extend them now, let's say they both go to the, let's say they both go to Lawrence Frank and Trent Red and say, Hey, we'll extend, we'll extend, but we'll extend it a four year max. And if Lawrence and Trent say, yeah, yeah, we're okay. We're going to wait. My assumption would be assuming they are able to play that next summer, they will opt out and be free agents. So if you're the Clippers and you are going to do an arena, you have the certainty of having those guys on your team potentially with, all the issues that come with them from an availability standpoint, or do you say, Hey, look, we're the Clippers. We've got this brand new arena. We've got the richest guy in the world, basically owning our team. willing to spend whatever it takes to win. We could get any he's not the richest guy want. in the world. He's the richest guy in the NBA. Well, he's up there. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. And he loves to spend it on his team. And you know, like I just, it, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do because they'll have some options available. If they decide to go that route to where they don't have to be bad, to McMahon's point, because they have that to worry about. Yeah. And it it's an interesting game of cat and mouse there. Like you said, that if they don't extend these guys for the start of the season, that's going to be hanging out there all season. What's going to happen 
with these guys, and especially with the one guy in particular who's made it very clear where he wants to be, which is there. Well, and also you have like, it's not just about looking at spreadsheets and kind of trying to project things. You have to deal with the human element here. And Mm -hmm. the human element with Kawhi Leonard is if he's not happy, it might not be pretty. We've seen that. We've seen that in San Antonio. For sure. Okay. So here's another interesting one. Eligible now, Clay Thompson of the Warriors. He can go four seasons, $224 million. He is earning, let me get the exact number. I think he's earning 40. Uh, he's got one year left. Then he could be a free million. agent. Yeah, 43 million. Now, I'll just point out that twice now, the Warriors have extended core players, Andrew Wiggins and now Draymond Green, where they took pay cuts out of uh, the salaries that they were in and got guaranteed long-term money, but they took pay cuts. And, you know, I don't want to assume, but I know that Clay has never been totally motivated by money, but it's not nothing. But I'm not sure he performed like a $43 million player last year. So I mean, we all love Clay, but he didn't perform like a $43 million player last year, even though he got much better as the year went on. Like he's had a couple of major injuries. I I think this one's very simple. Clay's either going to do what Draymond did this offseason and get to the end of the season, presumably, because I doubt it'll happen on an extension and agree to take probably somewhere in the same ballpark, like a three or four for a hundred ish kind of deal and be in the low to mid twenties and be somewhere around 16, 70% of the cap going forward, or he'll go take a bunch of money elsewhere and leave. That'll be one or the other. Like, I I think if he wants to get a huge number, it's not going to come from them. I would agree. I would say, even if he has a a killer year this year, even if he rebounds to, to, you know, uh, let's just say he rebounds to pre-injury, you know, pre ACL tear, LCA, ACL tear clay. If that happens, which I don't know even know if it's possible. I mean, I would say just if he's what he was last year, he scored 22 points a game and shot 41% from three. He was very was good. Say, last year. Offensively, he wasn't far off. I just don't think they could have a player making that much money anymore. Oh, with, I, that. I, I just, I, I don't think it's a matter of judging his talent. I just don't think they can afford it. Well, I think they could afford it if he was still playing like an all NBA guard, like he was before he tore his Achilles well, and he tore also, his ACL. Yeah, he was also one of the elite defenders in the well, league. That that was that. what made him that was what made him an all NBA player because he was an elite yeah. shooter who also could guard the best perimeter players on every team. Now he's more of a solid defender that can't really guard point guards anymore. So now he's more guarding wings and he's still a very valuable player. Yeah. Just like Draymond's a very valuable player. But if you were paying Draymond a 30% max or 35% max, your team would be in rough shape. And it's the same thing with Clay. So that to me is what the choice is. Like maybe he gets a little more than Draymond because he's always made more and shooting is at such a premium, but it's still going to be like you're going to take a fairly significant cut. Or if you want to get a max somewhere, like it's not going to be here because I just don't see any scenario where he signs up there for that kind of money long term. Yeah, not not with the tax implications and all that. And then you know the human element here is uh, if 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 they shocked us all and caved and and put max ish type of money on the table for Clay, <laughs> what's that telling Draymond? You know, it's kind of a slap in his face. So 
I, my guess would be he ends up staying there. I, I, I think he ends up spending his entire career in a Warriors uniform and he'll be paid handsomely, but not nearly yeah, as handsomely. I, I think it behooves him to wait because whatever their offer might be, if they make it, I assume they'll make him an offer. He can only improve that with the way he plays during the season. Uh, actually, what, what, how much of a pay cut can you offer him on an extension? Well, he could. I mean, he could sign for a million dollars if he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I no, I think I, you, no, you could only go up. So Al Horford. Go, Al Horford yeah. went from making twenty-seven to making ten. Okay. Like you, there's no, there's no issue about the amount you go. You can't. What you can't do is like say, I'm going to make twenty-eight and then two and then twenty-eight. But right. if you want to yeah, go it, down to, if you yeah. wanted to start a four-year extension, it. Like if he wanted to sign Draymond's contract, the same one he signed, he could sign that one today if he wanted to. Even though that would actually that would that would be a twenty million dollar pay cut. Draymond's going to make twenty million dollars less than Clay this year, so keep that in mind. All right, we talked a lot about Donovan Mitchell last week. He can sign an extension um, this fall. If you want to know more about that, you can go listen to last week's podcast. I don't think we need to rehash that. I'll just give you the numbers though. He can sign three years, one hundred forty-five million. Uh, it's eligible. He can eligible. He's eligible to do it now, but it, he uh, the 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 window closes on October twenty third. Bob you vacationing in uh, in Cleveland this summer? No, no. <laughs> I thought you I thought you might disprove. I spent I spent, I spent my I spent my life growing up uh, in the surrounding Cleveland area, and it's a lovely place. But I will not be there this summer. Um, <laughs> I just like the way you said no. <laughs> uh, it's got nothing to do with way, last week's pod though yeah let me okay. just say that uh you're paid to be a reporter and, and and an analyst and that's what you were doing last week that's all i'm gonna say but anyway he can he can sign but uh, only between now and october 23rd and once that window closes then it opens again next july which is when i think was a more appropriate time to talk about it yeah, guys uh, we'll who guys says. who have multiple years left on their deals can extend up until the season starts, and then when you're on the last year deal, you can extend after that. You can send all the way to the June 30th, right. the all the way till the end. Free, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Demar Derozan now. When he signed this contract, which was three years and eighty-one million dollars with the Bulls, there were a lot of people who thought it was an insane overpay. Uh, the Bulls made it a huge priority to to land him. Um, Showed up at his, actually, it was still COVID times. I don't know if they showed up at his door. I think they did, though. I think Mark Eversley showed up at his door. Yeah, well, it seemed like you didn't have much on the table. And then all of a sudden, the Bulls came in out of nowhere. Yeah, you remember, like, there was some, there was, like, people thought he might take the mid-level exception from the Lakers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I will take the the $27 million a year. Uh, Thank you. I will not be taking $5 million or $6 million, whatever it was back then. Anyway, he's he's played very well in that contract. He's going to be 34 next summer. But he has one year left on that deal. Uh, he's two years. He is eligible to sign. He'll be thirty-four next month. That's oh, thirty-four right. next next That's month. Right. Well, also be he'll be thirty-five, I guess. Beginning next yes. year. Okay. So keeping that in mind, keeping in mind that he is pretty important to what the Bulls are doing, but he also, I think, would have significant interest on the free agent market and a lot of options. What should the Bulls do? What should Demar Derozan do, Bontemps? I mean, truthfully, if I was the Bulls, I'd be trying to trade DeMar DeRozan because I, I, as great as he has been for them, uh, this is, I think they're in a no-win situation here because you either extend him now because, I mean, DeMar has been great the last couple of years. 
Yeah. He's, he's pro. I mean, Aaron, we've seen his how value is his value would be pretty high right now. If he we've was seen trained, how even, Aaron even Good- with one. Well, we've seen how Aaron Goodwin is as negotiated uh, in Portland with Dame. He uh, he likes to come with high heat, and he would be asking for a lot of money. And they, I would guess, if they were going to extend, it would be for a significant bump up from the number he's on, whether that's reasonable or not. And for, I love Demar, and he's been fantastic. Like this second act he's had is more of a creator and uh, like uh, as a, a sort of a point forward on offense he's been amazing to watch but i don't want to be paying demar 35 40 million dollars a year into his late 30s like i i just i just don't really know what your goal is if you're doing that and they're not really going anywhere as it is so like i but i it they're just in a really tough spot i'm not sure what the right answer is honestly i really don't well i would probably try to trade them the Bulls are team purgatory right now. Yes, they, they are. Sure, they sure are, man. <laughs> they and are they, stuck and smack they, in the they, middle of it. And they seem to be happy. They, they're barricading themselves in there. Yeah, like they, uh, they kept Vucevic, which... Well, they gave, him a, they gave him a pretty above-market extension, I would say. Three for 60. Know, That's nobody better focused, than... Nobody focused on that deal too much, but that was a, one of the more, like, whoa deals... Yeah, you know who was happy about that was Brooke Lopez. I mean, and probably wasn't happy about that was the Bucks because I think well, the Bucks might have been hoping to get him for something around twenty, and they ended up having to give him twenty five. You, know you know who's really not happy about the Brooke Lopez deal? The <laughs> the Houston, Houston Rockets, Rockets <laughs> who made a trade with the, with the Hawks to clear out space because they thought they're about to hand Brooke Lopez a pin. So oh. I don't think Vooch's deal maybe had uh, no. he was going to get. He was going to get paid by the Rockets, regardless of what Vooch Well, comes. that's fair. But it, yeah. regardless, I mean, the Lonzo Ball thing is obviously a basketball tragedy. I mean, that's yeah. just a, a really unfortunate well, and, yeah, and situation. The, the, the Bulls, you know, as much as we kind of hammer on the Bulls for being team purgatory, like they were playing really well when Lonzo Ball was there. And By the, the way, I'm just happy that, you know, just on a personal level, I, it's terrible for the bulls i'm just happy lonzo ball got paid before this happened yeah yeah it's true because, i mean good it's uh, certainly better uh, than uh, if it had uh, been the year before I mean, he was going to be a free agent as opposed to his first is, year of his contract and there's a hundred reasons why guys take long-term contracts there's a hundred reasons why they go for guaranteed contracts and everything like that he had absolutely horrible turn of events with this what seemed like a relatively minor knee injury yeah um and i mean they've purposely kept it out of the public what's going on here but i know enough to know that like trust me they have sought every knee specialist across the spectrum to try to help this situation mm-hmm. and they can't find an answer for it and this is a guy who was coming into his own coming into his prime yep. looking like he was going to be he wasn't going to be like a perennial all-star like maybe no, some people thought. Be really, he'd become like a, a 3d yep. guy who was a hell he of was a, a- like he was yeah, a really was, nice, complimentary, high caliber starter. He was a perfect fit with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine as a guy who moved the ball around, hit spot up threes at a high rate and really defended like mm-hmm. with him and Caruso out there with those two guys and Vucevic. That was a very interesting lineup that could do a lot of stuff. And obviously it's unfortunate for the Bulls. They really haven't seen that since those first couple months of that contract. But that's why, like to me, the DeMar thing, it's such a fascinating thing thing to think about for what they should do because like to your point McMahon they really are team purgatory 
And if you're going to stay in purgatory for the next couple of years, I guess the thing you would do is sign DeMar for a couple more years and like, I mean, if you're going to extend Vucevic, if you're going to extend Vucevic, you might as well extend DeRozan. That's that's what I mean. What would they give up for for Vucevic in terms of picks? You know exactly what they give. You've been talking about since the day. The the trade was the trade was essentially Wendell Carter. Uh, Franz Wagner and Jet Howard, Juwan's kid, who they just so drafted. Was, the picks were nine and eleven, I believe. I might be off a, a spot yes. here. Yes, well, they Eight still and eleven. Owe, they still owe. Okay, they still owe twenty twenty five second rounder to San Antonio and the twenty twenty five first top ten protected, then top eight, top eight. If they're team purgatory, there's a pretty decent chance they're giving up another lottery pick. It's a tough way to go about business. Is that from the Jamar trade? Yeah. They owe to this. I'm telling you, the Spurs got a nice little stockpile of picks. They sure do. Yeah, yeah they, that's right. It's from I, I was thinking you were saying that was from the Vucevic trade. That's no, why no, I paused no, no. for I'm a saying they already yeah, from gave the DeMar trade. Two, right. My point is, they already gave up two lottery picks. Yeah. And now, like, I, there's still there's a pretty decent chance the pick they give up for DeMar will end up being lottery. It won't. Yeah. It won't be top eight because it goes top ten, top eight, top eight. And then turns into a second rounder, but geez. but still, it's another first they've got out and they've got owed out in the future. I mean, yeah, look with like you said, Brian, with the Vucevic extension, I guess I'd probably try to do Demar for a couple of years, but I just, I, I just I would, don't know what direction. I, I, I would try going. to trade him. I agree. No, I'm, I'm, I'm only saying from the standpoint of like if if we're trying to game out the way the Bulls have handled this other stuff. I would think that they'll probably try to extend this guy, but yeah, I think they should go the other way for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think they will do what I would advise against. <laughs> it's been pretty consistent. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, let's take a look at the uh, the Raptors. They got two extension eligible guys. Speaking um, of another purgatory team, I mean they're not they're not so much in purgatory. I mean they might be, but they're they're like frozen. They they're 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 a team indecision. So Pascal Siakam has one year left on his contract. He is eligible. Let me get the number. The, the, the thing on Siakam that is most important to, to recognize is that if he makes all NBA this year, which he made all oh, yeah, NBA two years ago. You don't even need to read Pascal's numbers because the bottom line is he isn't super max eligible. 
And I think it's safe to say the reason he's not on an extension right now is because if he makes all NBA next year, he'll be super max eligible as a free agent when he can make a very significant amount of money more than if he's not. And I would say that's why we're sitting here waiting to see if something gets done there. And then you've got OG Ananobi who can opt out of his contract next summer and become a free agent, which I'm all, I, I, you know, short of a terrible, unforeseen injury, he's going to opt out of that contract. He's, he's his salary versus his value in the league is out of whack. He can't extend right. He is able to extend right now for four years and a a 116 million. I don't know. He won't be, he he won't be, he won't be extending. I I, I would play that He can do better. He can do better than that. Uh, but now you have two guys who are potentially going to be free, unrestricted free agency a year from now. So Toronto, just like Fred Van Vliet, uh, now that goes just like and, Kyle and Lowry. I, was I mean, say- Lowry, they got something for, but it, you know, it wasn't great. Probably wasn't what they could have got at the trade deadline before that. Yeah, but again, you know, we go to this is another team that that owes a pick, like having a you know sell off. They, they owe a hell of a pick. Yeah. They owe a top six for, for Jakob Pertl, which, I mean, really, the, the similarities, there's a lot of similarities with the Bulls here. A play-in team, right, bottom end of the play-in bracket, who made a trade for a big man and then gave him a, a pretty big contract this summer. And it's just, you know, still owe for that trade. And it's just very difficult. I guess the Bulls have paid off their Vucevic, but they still own DeRozan. Well, I, but- I would argue the difference between the Bulls and the Raptors is that the Raptors have just had all this talent walk out the door. Yeah, but and then the similarities, those like how with the groups that they have, how are they going to get significantly better? Yeah, I, maybe I don't. I don't I've been step to become a superstar. Like you can hope for that, but I mean, they. Ha- I mean, that's what they're obviously hoping for. I just, I haven't really understood. I haven't really understood the direction they've been going in here for a while. And I, I, especially with, when you look at this Fred Van Vliet contract and the fact that he got a third year as a team option. Yeah. It just really, to me, it says pretty clearly to me, Fred Van Vliet did not want to be in Toronto anymore. And that's why he left. And if you allowed this situation to get to the point where he could walk out the door in free agency and get nothing for him, that is a pretty big mistake. And if you look at where the Raps are sitting now, I just, I just don't know what the, again, like, I don't even know if it's team purgatory. It's like, what would you say, Brian, team indecision or team paralysis? It's like, they just have been frozen in place Mm -hmm. and not really done anything. It's just like, kind of just kept going, just driving in a straight line, not looking to turn anywhere. I just don't know when that's going to change at this point. I don't know either. Maybe they, I would say they could see how the season's going, but they've done this before and they'll probably be. Well, let's just, let's just look at it. Right. Like, let's just look at it quick. Right. Like Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, New York, Miami. It's already six teams. We, I think all agree. We would all three of us agree are definitely better than them. Hell the Pacers could be, you know, the Pacers are right there. I mean, the bulls, I mean, Atlanta Atlanta, is going to be competitive. Like, I like, it's very possible. They're not in the play in. Like they could give up the ninth pick or eighth pick in the draft if they don't trade anybody. So I, I'm, I'm I, looking at uh, over unders. They're over unders thirty six and a half. And, yeah, and I'm looking at uh, I got to do math here, which means counting. And I probably I think I'm gonna run out of fingers here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
And I don't think my, I don't think that uh, Miami tenth in the East for, for projected wins. And I don't know if, or I don't think Miami and Philly are on that list you're looking at. Cause they've been off the board because of the, the trade stuff. No, they are. They are. They are in there. Good. Okay. Yeah. But either way, I mean, we're talking about a borderline making the play in tournament team. Right. After not making it last year, just hired a, a rookie head coach with a long track record as a player development guy, which would seem to indicate you're going in a direction right. of trying to focus on that. I think if they don't do anything, they're sending the ninth or tenth pick to San Antonio this year. Like if they just if they just stay the course and keep these yeah. guys and don't make moves. Most likely outcomes they miss the playoffs and you're giving up a back end of the lottery pick to the Spurs. And then who knows what happens? Maybe one or both of those guys don't resign. I know one guy who recently <laughs> signed an extension that would like that, Greg Popovich. It's true. The hell, it's a hell of an extension. All right, two guys who are in the same sort of situation, Jamal Murray and Brandon Ingram. Both have two years left on their contracts, both eligible for three-year, $145 million extensions. But both can re- legitimately believe that they could make the all NBA team this year, which would enable them to get a ton more. Well, you may not think so, but you don't think Jamal Murray's having a crisis of confidence right now. I do not. <laughs> he, he has the right type uh, uh, of confidence right now. For and sure. like, uh, yes, I don't think it was an inspiring season by Ingram, but like, so you're going to be one impossible. of the six best forwards in the NBA next season. No, I, Obviously I'm not putting a wager on it, but I'm just saying they're both in the same boat. If you want to reject that chance, you can, but Look, if I was Brandon Ingram and I got offered three and 140, would you say three and 145 with yeah. all the injuries he's had, I would instantly sign that. Not that he's not a good player. He's a good player. They but... think very highly of him there. Um, and he's a good player. But I mean, he's yeah. had a ton of injuries. He just he just played like what thirty five games this past year. Had this toe injury that cost him. A yeah, huge chunk of the yeah, that was there. There was some frustration. Look, they they fired their head of the medical staff, a guy who was one of their big free agent signings. If you want Aaron Nelson, um, yeah, and you know that has there was a lot of shades of gray in that situation. Yeah. Um, so the, Jam- the Jamal situation is very interesting to me. Well, when, well, when he committed to play for team Canada and again, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're, you're uh, going to Vegas this week with team USA. I'll pick him up in a few weeks here when he committed to playing for Canada and he hasn't shown up there yet. You know, most, a lot of the guys who have like, for example, Josh Hart has not signed his extension yet, but Josh Hart has committed to team USA. A whole bunch of guys on team USA have signed extensions. One of the re- part of the reasons why they're they're on the team is because they're in good positions with their contracts. Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, Austin Reeves. Who else am I missing? You know, a bunch of other guys are in the middle Aaron of Brunson, long-term yeah, contracts. Jalen Brunson, who by the way just got married. Congratulations to him. My guess is that Josh Hart will have an extension in place by the time. I look uh, forward to asking him this week if he hasn't. Yeah. Uh, if he hasn't signed it. I would be very surprised that he doesn't have an extension by this week. But anyway, Jamal Murray committing to Canada sort of implied that he may made sure he was protected. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, but, I mean, I don't know if I, I would say it implied that they've got a chance to potentially win a medal well, and maybe win the gold medal. And they've never <laughs> done that. Agree. And, and he's always played for the Canadian team outside of when he was dealing with his knee injury. So well, I don't if, know if, if you're advising Jamal Murray, what are you telling him? Or if you're sitting in Jamal Murray's shoes, I would probably take the money. Me too. 
I, I, I don't think here's the thing. Jamal Murray is a great player. He's never made an all-star team. I don't think he's, I that, don't think that may he's, not be fair because no, he well, probably no, but I'm not, all-star, but he's well, there's a, my point is he's a really good player. There's a ton of really good guards. Like Jalen Brunson just had an incredible season for yeah. the Knicks. Didn't make the all-star team. That's one barrier, right? To make all NBA, you've got to be one of the six best guards in the league. So yes, maybe during the regular do that. season, during the regular well, season, which he, well, he, and the other, he can be that in the playoffs. Well, and the other thing too, with Jamal is Jamal's probably going to be sitting out back to backs. I would think some of this other stuff, right? You've got to yeah. play 65 games to get to that number. Like 65 like, on the nose last year. Now that was coming right. You're off, but still. So he, so he might. And, but again, like I would coming off an ACL injury with 145 sitting there. And I think he, cause he's young too. Cause he came in the league super young. So if he extends yeah, he, for three he more was, years, he would be old. right. So he'd be, so he'd be when he's 30. Yeah. He, he'd be, He'll, he'll finish next season at 27. He'd have four years left. He'd be going into free agency as a 30 or 31 year old. Then with a chance to get another huge deal down the road, I would probably take the money and not like think I have a chance to maybe make all NBA next year. But I mean, that's me. Well, then I thing, would probably do honestly, that. If he's all NBA and it's super max, like could that get to a point where the, the nuggets are, trying to squeeze and, and not pay that. And, you know, it could get funky. It's not like the, the Nuggets are some wild free spending franchise. Well, I think that would mean that Michael Porter Jr. would be shot to Neptune and they would be paying Jamal Murray. I think <laughs> that's that, what would is happen. That what the next expansion team's going to be? <laughs> oh, it's going to be. He'd be, shot, he'd be shot somewhere, which, again, is another factor here, too. Where over the next three or four years, we're going to have two more teams in the league. Like, I don't know what exactly year they're going to come in, but like we're clearly headed towards two more teams and a bunch more jobs and a bunch more salary cap space to fill in, which is going to be a whole other ripple effect of this stuff to see where that stuff goes from a money standpoint. But yeah, I me to go back to your question, I would sign if I was both these guys, if I got offered this extension, I would sign it. I could see Jamal in particular saying, I'm going to wait and see if I can make all NBA. I just think he's got an uphill battle to do so. Yeah, but- and the, thing, the thing with Murray is, okay, they they gave you a max contract already when it was considered at the time a questionable decision. Obviously, it's paid out. It's paid off really, really well and looks brilliant. And did so, and did so like at the first second possible. It wasn't like there was some sort of yeah. debate about That's it. Right. It's like, hey, we're That's we're right. fully committed to you as our guy going forward. Right, and it's a championship team. Good decision. I, exactly. <laughs> the championship team, you know, hey, Joker's signed up long term. You've got unbelievable chemistry with him. Like life is good and you can get another bite of the apple when you're still in your prime. I, I, I think I would do that instead of waiting and seeing and hoping that you could squeeze. It's not an insignificant amount of money. It's millions and millions of dollars more. Well, but. Again, he committed to the he committed to the, the Canadian national team. Well, I, uh-huh. I mean, no, again, what I would say to that is if, if he was going to sign this extension, I would have thought he would have already signed it. No, I don't know. Josh Hart hasn't I mean, signed it. Yeah, that's true. A um, couple more real quick. Rudy Gobert is extension eligible. Now they paid a lot for him. <laughs> oh boy. Having said that he didn't have the greatest season of his career. Uh, he's got multiple years left on his deal. 
Yeah, I don't I don't really see I don't really see much need for him to get extended at the moment, even if it's at a reduced number. Well, I'm just saying, you know, we're talking about these other guys who have two years left. I mean, it's he's on the list. The Wolves, the Wolves, the Wolves have oh. a whole ton of financial decisions to figure out next summer. Well, Mike Conley and- is also extension eligible. He's going to the last year of his deal. Um, the the thing there is is that once Anthony Edwards deal with these just signed comes on their books, they are their payroll is gonna be humongous for that market. Uh, well, here right now, they've got $149 million guaranteed for next season. And that's without paying Mike Conley a cent. And that's without having any extension done yet for Jaden McDaniels, who is going to get a hefty extension. Yeah, we talked about this. I mean, if he just saw what Cameron Johnson got, which was 90, low 90 million guaranteed. He's going to want that of- at least. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he, yeah. he is one of the best wing defenders in the league and is a player. Yeah, I had, I mean, I, I got a bunch of grief for not voting for Evan Mobley. Part of the reason why I didn't vote for him for all Ooh. defense was I had, I had him as one of my second team. Somehow forwards. I was able to get both of them on the list. Well, I, it's, I, I mean, I'm just saying it, he's Jay McDaniels is really good. That's all. This is, he's a really yeah. good player. Anyway, I don't, I don't think they're bag. extending. I don't think they're extending either of them, but Gobert can get three years and one seventy uh, between. He can't do it till September thirtieth, so it's not something that would happen now. He's committed to playing for France. He gave an interview to L'Equipe in France over in the last few days. I saw the translation, and he was saying that he's had a good off season, feels good, and is uh, geared up for it. I'm not, you know, he doesn't have a history of knee injuries where he missed a season like Jamal Murray, so I don't look at the same the commitment the same way maybe i'm incorrect maybe jamal will go on the record well, those, this week again those guys also state. play every those guys play yeah. every year like the, right yeah that's yeah. not that's not that has nothing to do with that i mean i i would you don't you don't think that jane mcdaniel is going to get extended though i do absolutely oh, i thought you said yeah. I i'm just said saying both of them wouldn't no that's, well i just wasn't worth we're not talking about rookie extensions. We'll talk about that another part. Oh, like, go, go bear. I, I think it's more likely he ends up picking up his player option in 25, 26 and working on an extension. At like he's 46.7 mil. Unless it's one of those situations where perhaps he opts out next year and extends at a lower number for multiple years and picks up some dollars down the road. But they've got, they, they're going to be like, we've talked about a bunch. They are going to be a fascinating team to watch a year from now because they've got a lot of bills all come and do it once. And they're not, they don't have the deepest pocketed owners and they're in the, a small market. So I don't think they're I going to be setting records. Their ownership is still in some level of uncertainty, yep. frankly. So it's, uh, there's going to be a lot to I watch But I just have there. to say he is extension eligible. He's on the list. He's an all-star, sure. I should say. All right, last one I want to talk about, unless you think I'm missing any. And by the way, some of these guys have already extended. Jalen Brown already extended. Chris Apsporzegas already extended. Demontis Sabonis already extended. We've had some done already that we didn't talk about. Uh, Derek White with the Boston Celtics. He has two years left, but he can extend up to three years and just under $90 million. That's his max he can extend. It doesn't mean that's what they would offer him. But that's his, uh, his number that he can go to. They've obviously decided he's their point guard um, of the present and i would assume they would see it in the future there isn't pressure to get something done here but if i were boston i wouldn't want any shenanigans so i would approach him with it he's eligible 
September 30th. He's not, he's not eligible now. He's eligible September 30th uh, for three weeks, basically between the 30th and the 23rd of October. Yeah, I, I think there is pressure to get a deal done, and I would be trying to get one done because I, I would want to sign him for that number, and I'd do it happily, and I, I wouldn't want to mess around. I mean, he making under $20 million as their starting point guard and a fantastic two-way player. If he got the free agency, he would get a significant raise on that deal. So I would be trying to get him locked up and have him there for the long term, especially after they've cleared the decks and he is their guy quite clearly going forward. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I don't know if they'll get an extension done for the start of the season, but if I were them, I'd, I'd be trying to get it done. And for a guy who's had um, some injury stuff in his past, I would think that he would be interested in trying to get one done. He no longer has to spend as much on hair products. That is true. <laughs> He went with the McMahon. Do you think he? Do you think he he does it himself, just like you, McMahon? Anybody who pays for a buzz cut, I don't care how rich you are. Like, dude, why? Why? It's like just it's a maybe ten minute max procedure that you just kind of whoop 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 and then vacuum it up and you're good. Like, if you pay, well, you got to get lined up. I mean, who? I mean, you know, you got to get lined up. Get your significant other, you know, IT department, (laughs) you know, neckliner upper, you know, ain't that complicated. Uh He, probably, he also doesn't. I also made a mistake. He doesn't have. I was thinking of uh, another f- former Colorado guy, Spencer Dinwiddie, as far as knee stuff. He hasn't ever had a knee issue. But I, I would, if I was the Celtics, I'd be trying to get him extended for sure. Spencer Dinwiddie is also extension eligible with the Pistons. Just thought I'd bring that up. Pistons. Have we taken a Have we taken a time machine <laughs> back to the start of his career? Um, I don't know why I said that because it's in our. I, I don't know why I didn't catch myself, but it says it in our spreadsheet here. Out of all this information, oh. it says Detroit. I don't know why it says that, but hmm. that's why I said it, and I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, yes, he did start his career there, and it didn't go well. I think they cut him. Didn't they yes. cut him? I think they cut. They him. did. Yeah. Yes. We'll correct that. But anyway, um, he's on there as well. Uh, okay, uh, I enjoyed this for a July 30th uh, discussion. Uh, there's, I'll just throw, I'll just toss one more in there. Uh, Gordon Hayward can't see him extending at the same number, but his agent, Mark Bartlestein has done a number of one year extensions as a, as an agent. I happen to think that Charlotte will cause some issues this year. I'm not predicting like they like make what the kind class. Of they are going to be a much better team than last year. They are bringing in a ton That's more talent. Cool, okay, fine. Anyway, yeah, well, I, yeah, well, let's let's try to pin you down a little bit on this. What are are we saying? They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a playing team. Play. No, I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm just saying that people totally disregard them as nothing. And many I think that's people, a mistake. many people are saying that Charlotte <laughs> could be an interesting team. What is your official? What is your official on the record prediction for Charlotte? I know. I, 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 I will say. I, I will okay, say. Okay, I did. On. I did. I uh, I do agree with you. They were my best bet. When I was in LA to do the NBA show a couple of weeks back, they they asked us for our best bets, and I did say Charlotte over is the best bet because I think their over under was to go back to your thing earlier, McMahon. I think it was twenty nine or so, and they were two there were two lot two wins below that last year with no Miles Bridges at all and with Lamelo all playing like. Yeah, 20 I'm looking games. at uh, I'm looking at one that has them at thirty one, and I guess yeah, I'll, I. This I would say the over on that too. 31, which just happens to be the last email I got from one of these places. Yeah. Well, he did I not have a great year last too. year. He did not have a great year last year, but he is extension eligible. Um, I'm sure Gordon would extend given all the injuries he's had, but I do not think Charlotte 
Should or will be. Tell you what, he'd be better off with a buzz cut than whatever the thing he had last year. My God, it was like a mini mullet type of situation going on for a while. You know, if you if you did one of those, um, you know how they like. I saw we saw with Tom Brady where they would like meld the uh, year over year. Like his his hair journey has been impressive. But something. So is, so is yours. So is yours. You used to be a buzz cut man, and now you get like. I know. I miss it. Nice got the cloth. Nice got the cloth. I miss my buzz cut, man. It, but you paid someone to do it. See, that's how I know when he's got a hell of a contract. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't as short as you. I, I. It wasn't. You know, I had a little bit more there. But yes, I did pay. I, I paid like. Well, you know, those clippers uh, come with different guards. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going those days. I was going to like. Uh, I can't remember who our sponsors in recent past was been, but I was going to chain places to. <laughs> to get them done now, you know, so now, now you've got like a hairdresser. You probably got a whole like hair squad. No, you even put the goop in your hair yourself. Or do you have like people who like come in in the morning and do it all up for you? I will say that the person who cuts my hair, like opens the place at a time when it's not usually open for me. To oh, wow. Do you get like, your own seat, <laughs> do I get what? Like, do you have like your own little special seat? No, no, that'll be ridiculous. But I, I, this this fine person who cuts my hair um, makes time for me outside of normal business hours when I. Oof. So I'm very appreciative. Just, just unbelievable. It's got to be. I mean, we, too, at all times. <laughs> Listen, like when you're when you're home, like one week out of like. Hey, 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 you ain't going there after hours because you're home hey, occasionally there, hey, chief. Bon, bon, <laughs> it's before hours. I go before hours. Whatever. You're we not going the, outside the normal hours because you're just occasionally at home. That ain't, that ain't the reason why. Earlier, but now that now that we're talking about Wendy's, uh, you know, trouble getting haircuts, you better bring him back out. Oh, there's no trouble. <laughs> there's no trouble. This oh, before the, we he's, go, he's not going to be troubled to go in there when the the plebes are in there. That's the situation. I'm, go- I'm going in there uh, tomorrow, or Tuesday, actually. Hey, before we go, Bon Temps, I think you want to show up, me. folks, in uh, in Nebraska. You can get Wendy's autograph. You'll never find me. Go ahead. I, uh, I do. The doors I do are locked. have the doors are I locked. Do have some? I do have some trivia. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. Udonis Haslam has retired. Officially. Is the extension eligible? You know, I'm still yeah, stunned he didn't just come back. <laughs> I'm still stunned he didn't come back and take the money again, but he has retired. So Andre Godala is the oldest player in the league now, at least for now. And LeBron is the second oldest player. Yeah. He's one of four players ever to be one of the two youngest players in the league mm. at the start of his career and one of the two oldest players in the league at the end of his career. KG and Kobe, neither of them. What you said? Four. There, he is one of four. There are three other people. Neither KG. This is a, this is a great Kobe? question. Wow. Nope. Kareem, one of, the, one of the youngest. Kareem, Kareem wouldn't be it because he played four years in college. I Moses know. I know. Nope. Damn. I was going to guess that too. No, he uh, didn't last long enough. Oh yes, he did. I guess he started out in the ABA though. Hmm. Dude, Moses was playing when he was bald in a mile. I know that's right. He he, I always forget that he was like playing with Barkley. All right, um, Moses I, playing for like the Spurs and stuff. Two of them, two of the three, are Hall of Fame players. 
Two of the three are Hall of Fame. I'm trying to think. Can't be magic. I'm trying to think, guys. Okay, let me ask you this: Were they? You gotta be guys. Are, oh, go. Were they straight out of high school? No. Okay. Because it's youngest in the league, not like youngest ever. Yeah. No, so, I know. but that's why I was. I started off with KG. Yeah. No. No. Right. Right. It's this. That's why I wanted to do this. Quite. It's a very fascinating. Uh, Dirk's not one of them, is he? Dirk is not one of them. What about Jason Kidd? Jason Kidd is not one of them either. Yeah, I'm trying to think guys who are like one and duns that had. Yeah, who played long careers. Oh, I got it. I got it. Well, we may okay. not What about Jamal Crawford? It's not. It, 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 don't think about one and done guys because it's not one and done guys. So we're going back in time then. Not Well, yes, sort of. One of them, one of them played in the ABA and is a, is a Hall of Famer. All right, I got another one. Okay. Shaq. Shaq is one of them. Oh, 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 I retire. I retire. Shaq is one. Of them. That's right. All right. Wait, he Tim was giving Don, us Tim hints. Don, Tim, no, Tim Duncan. No, he played four years. Okay, wait well, a minute. Well, well, hold on. Just two of them. Two of them were Hall of Fame players. One of them was Shaq. Okay, so the other one played in the ABA. So forget Tim Duncan. Anybody after that. Listen, man, I don't know the ABA. Doc, Dr. J. It's not Dr. J. Dr. J didn't play in the NBA till later. I got to tell you, you got me stumped. All right. Well, the, the other Hall of Famer is Rick Barry. Well, we would have been here a long time. I know. Yeah. I, I thought with the I thought the ABA, I thought with the ABA thing, you might guess him. But Shaq, I thought you would get to. So there was an interesting there was a couple of interesting LeBron links with this. One is that he obviously well, played with Shaq. Guys? No, there's a third one who was not a Hall of Famer. The other, the other player that had this distinction also coached LeBron. Paul Silas? Paul Silas was the other wow. one. Which was you're never going to guess that one. So I was going to wow. get the Hall of Famers first and then say Wendy that. should have. Well, you no, know, he was always going to guess he was one of the youngest and oldest players in the league. But told you, man, Paul Silas was a rookie with the St. Louis Hawks in like 1960. He told me that all he 19... ever wanted to be. Yeah. All he ever wanted to be was Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit was making $75,000 a year, and he said he had a mink coat all the way went all the way down to his ankles. i tell you what, Bob Pettit would have been such a good 12th man in today's league. <laughs> okay, JJ. You know who could have played in today's league? Who? Paul, Paul Silas. Silas. That's right. <laughs> Paul Silas. Nobody would have oh, messed with man. Paul Silas in any, any era. You got that right, man. Oh, man. Uh, all right. I enjoyed it for july 30th and we've gone on a long time but hey listen we're doing fewer so it's fine thank you to jackson for producing who's producing this by the way from his childhood bedroom this weekend so thank you who would have thought jackson when you were growing up that you'd produce a podcast when you were staring at the posters on your wall all your heroes hold on what posters Uh, are on the walls i want to know he's probably too old he probably or too young he probably didn't have posters but I had posters when I was a kid. I also had wallpaper. I, had, I put the pins into my wallpaper and just in, infuriated my parents. Jose, I had a Jose Canseco 4040 mm. poster on my wall. I love the Bash Brothers as a kid. Anyway, thank you all for the Hoop Collective Podcast. We'll talk to you in a few days. Adios, amigos.